Hello, I am Pia, a married mom of two, want to be Martha Stewart, would rather spend her time planning elaborate dinner parties, when in reality, I'm procrastinating about making my family matching t-shirts with my Cricut maker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brianne, and I'm an HGTV and Hallmark Channel junkie. I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young kids. What about being from the Bronx? Oh, you made fun of me last time I said it, so it's nice to be out. Well, now they know. Brianne's from the Bronx. The boogie down. Good morning, Brianne. Morning. Or is it morning? Or is it afternoon? No, it's, 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 it's morning. Oh, okay. All right. Because I haven't I, had my coffee yet. It's morning. You know what? I haven't had coffee either, and... I have to go to one of my wholesalers today and I'm too lazy to make coffee. So I said, I'll just stop at a drive-thru on the way because I don't even want to get up and physically make coffee. So um, today is one of those days already, but um, how have you been? Good. I'm excited because um, we have one of my friends on today. You have a friend? Who is this friend I, that you actually I have? I do. I actually have a friend today. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I need to know about this friend. Okay. So today we have Bita. Hello, Bita. And, Hi. And I met her um, at our children's school because, um, which we won't mention the name for obvious reasons, but she wanted uh, for me to talk with her. Uh, in front of the PTA about racism and the importance of talking to your children about racism from a young age because it, definitely right because if we're not talking to them about it someone else is exactly so that's how that's actually really how we became friends she was like hi my name is Bita and then like a, about I think like a half an hour later you know, after you changed phone number, she was like, yeah, remember me, Bita? <laughs> she was like, I have a question for you. And so, and she's awesome. And we've gotten along ever since then, because I love that about her. And right now she is doing an amazing thing in our neighborhood. Bita, do you like to tell people what you're doing in our neighborhood? Yeah. Hey guys. Um, so just to add a little bit to that story, there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a committee that the principal had asked um, that the school may want to form called the Welcoming Schools Committee. And I was looking for people to join that committee with me. And I think somebody mentioned your name. Like we'd seen each other in passing so many times through school. And I was like, oh, I need to finally just like go and introduce myself to this person. Cause we always wave and smile at each other, but I don't know her name and you know, and all of that. So slowly, slowly, we um, formed this welcoming schools committee. And it was partly because I had heard about little racist incidents happening with kindergartners, um, partly in my daughter's class. And then as I spoke to more of my friends of color, they're like, oh, yeah, that happened to my kid. And the crossing guard was called, you know, the N word by somebody um, and things like that. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this? And so... Um, I was really bad at talking about it because I would get really emotional about it. So this committee and some people to do it with me really gave me a lot of support. And, um, 
and you know we were all very apprehensive talking in front of the group about um, how to speak to your children about race but this was just one um, topic that we wanted to talk about we wanted to talk about um, you know transgender issues we wanted to talk about immigration we wanted to talk about welcoming all types of families so um, you know, it was an important first step, I think. And it was, I'm really excited that Brianne agreed to do it with me because um, she's an incredibly outspoken and articulate leader in our school community too. So but anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, we, um, yeah, we just decided, um, I guess, or I decided, you know, there's been so much going on in the media with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and rightfully so, there's a lot of protesting. And I feel like as a mother, I can't participate in the ways that I want to participate. Mm -hmm. um, it's just very hard in a pandemic to get out there. And, um, you know, how do I be socially distanced? And, um, and but I also voice heard. That. Yeah, so um, I also wanted to do more than just post on social media. I mean, I think that's great, but I wanted to take some um, action as well. So, you know, we've been doing these kind of children's classes about peace and justice through the Baha'i perspective at our kids' school. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, there's just a, there's got to be an easy way to adapt some of those lessons to focus specifically on racism and unity in our neighborhood. And so um, I just put it out there and I said, let's just try it on our front lawn. Everybody seems to be somewhat okay with distance gatherings in small groups if we're outside. And um, yeah, and I, I think specifically in our neighborhood, you know, we are in one of those very diverse cities, but I don't feel the, I don't feel the diversity, I don't feel the celebration of the diversity. And um, I don't see people talking about it on a general level. I mean, there are, I do have my friends who are very active in social justice, but I don't see that as a um, kind of a wave in our neighborhood. And I, I wanna make this something that is talked about quite frequently. Um, and it's um, something that's not ignored, you know? I understand right. completely. And our neighborhood is it's pretty diverse which I did not realize until the pandemic, until everyone started to come out of their house. I was like, oh my goodness, look at this person or look at that person. So I love that these lessons are actually happening in, on the lawn. So people who we don't generally know or you know, that neighbor that never came out because their time, their way of coming out or you know, they had to go to work was a different time than you, they're on a different schedule. They're coming out now and they're passing by hearing what we're talking about. It's like something that's spreading through the neighborhood. I, I love that it's not indoors. Yeah, yeah. Like and we that. had uh, several people kind of walk up and they were like, what are you guys doing? And they thought I was having some party and they weren't invited. And I'm like, no, 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 you're invited. I just, you know, I, I put these kind of ideas out there and I don't get responses from some of my neighbors. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm a bit, you know, discouraged by that. So it was nice to kind of put it out there. And I think, you know, race, racism, people are very uncomfortable talking about these things. So when they see a group of people and they're like, okay, that doesn't seem so bad. Everybody seems happy and there's kids and seems approachable. <laughs> you know? 
And I think sometimes when you say the word race, people automatically think that there's going to be a, a, a level of antagonism or there's going to be... Oh, I can make you eggs in a few minutes, but I need you to give me a few more minutes to talk, okay? Sure. Um, so people automatically sometimes think that there's going to be even aggression as opposed to just sitting down and having a conversation. But then there's also the fact that sometimes people don't want to experience that negativity. So there's hesitance. I would think. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, even in the book, um, White Fragility, my neighbor and I were talking about it. And my neighbor is also white. And we were saying, because we've both read it and we're saying, how the author talks about how um, no one wants to be called a racism, like no, a racist. They don't. It's, it's, it, they, it hurts them. It makes them feel bad, even though they may be doing things that is definitely contributing to racism, racism in our society. For example, not talking about race is contributing to it. Yeah, you know, voting in certain ways is contributing to it. Where you spend your money and your dollar is contributing to it. There's so many schools that you choose to send your children sometimes contribute to it. There's so many different ways that we contribute to it. But if we, we can't even confront it just because we're so afraid of the word, you know, racist, you know, we do not want to be that. So to talk about racism sometimes and race in general, they put those two things together a lot of times. People don't want to do it. And that's why I love what Bita is doing because she's just making it acceptable for all of us to talk about it in our, in our community. And um, people want to know how to do it. Like people want to talk about it, but they're afraid to talk about it. And they want to wait to talk about it when they know exactly what to say and they want to be perfect when they talk about it but there's we're not going to be perfect there we cannot wait right and that's one of the things that i put out there was like hey everybody um i'm no expert and i'm going to make mistakes and you know please be gentle and kind with me and um teach me along the way. You know, when I first posted the lesson about the Statue of Liberty, one of my friends said, hey, did you know that it was actually to abolish, it was to celebrate the um, end of slavery. And she sent me an article from the Washington Post and I didn't know that. So that piece was added to the lesson on the Statue of Liberty. Um, you know, this whole notion of immigration was a, a later idea, but the original intent was to celebrate the end of slavery and America didn't want to put that on display. So um, anyways, I think as a community, like we said in the class, we're much stronger when we're working together. Um, and the only way to do that, the only way to learn, like I always tell my children who they don't want to make mistakes is uh, that's the only way to learn. We have to make mistakes. And so this is part of me going out there and saying, I'm going to make mistakes and we'll learn how to do this together. So, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to someone talk about Nazi Germany and how they have been able to overcome so much of their um, negative tree because they owned it so forthrightly from the beginning. You know, they, they really, they talk to kids about it. 
Yeah, from first grade, they show the horrors of the Holocaust. They show, you know, there's, you're not allowed to fly a Nazi law, um, flag. That is against the law. You cannot put up Nazi mo monuments. And here in America, we're still debating this. Whereas I feel like there, they were like, full stop, this is the line. We're not crossing. And I think there's <laughs> something to that. Uh, yeah, I think there's something powerful to that. Because I remember when I was in Berlin, it was, um, I've been to Berlin a few times, and it's, as a mom and before I was a mom and it's in your face they have buildings that I think that there was one building that they just left in the middle of the city just cr in crumbles to remind them mm -hmm. <laughs> to remind mm -hmm. them of mm -hmm. their shame I mean all through the city there's all these things to remind them of their shame and what they've done I mean they still have ways to go there's still race issues there sure, as well. sure sure but they do they they do own it and I, I think that's really important I mean, we still have in our Texas history books, I think it says, um, some places it says slavery was Im immigration, you know, from right. what I, I understand. Yeah, I've seen that. It's I haven't like, seen it in a book in our class, but I've seen it on no. the internet. Right, 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 right. So it's very interesting. But I also had this vision. It was like, what if everybody, because the lesson is so simple. I'm not a teacher. I am not a patient person you know, I am no expert on this in any way. And I was like, if, what if everybody or even every block had one of these little classes and everybody was out there talking with their kids and other adults, like, and we were doing it together and making mistakes and learning from each other and saying, oh, you know, actually, um, I don't like to be called African-American because I'm from, you know, another place. And so black is my preferred term or whatever you know what I mean I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of my white friends don't even want to go there because like what, what do I say you know like I'm gonna mess it up and it's like okay it's like if your intent is there to learn I think everybody will have grace um to help right. you along the way you know yeah so thank you Bita thank you for for having this in our neighborhood and and oh, then posting on Facebook her. <laughs> Because I, so many people, I posted what, I reposted what you posted, and so many people want to know about this, because they, they want to talk about this. It's, it's okay to talk about race. It's okay to make mistakes. And oh my gosh, I love the Sesame Street cartoon. <laughs> Not the cartoon, the Sesame Street puppets that go there. And I think yeah. they can go there so easily, too, because they're puppets. But they, they go there. They don't, they don't sugarcoat anything. And it's, and, and the kids just take it. They're, they're not hurt or they don't crumble when they hear it. They go, oh, okay. Okay. Well, so. it's like, and if we don't do this, we will, I mean, my daughter's kindergarten class was, you know, they had like two major incidents of racism there. And that's from what I understand from a lot of my friends of color, their kids have experienced similar things. And, um, I, you know, I just feel like it's incumbent upon all of us to say, you know, how do we um, end this and how do we, you know, get them to start off on the right foot? Because I think the, you know, the mothers of these children, I know them and I think they would be horrified to hear that their children said these things and they're kind of like, where would my child get this idea from? And it's like, it's this, you know, this fog that we're all breathing in. And the sooner we can, you know, own that, the sooner we can, you know, try and do things to, I guess, clear that fog up. 
Right. Because people who are, you know, unapologetically racist have no trouble teaching racist ideas to their children. And it's just in their conversation, they don't hold back and they talk about it with their children, just like we talk about anything else. And those children are in school with our children, even if our children aren't children of color, they're in school with your white children who have no idea and have known nothing about racism or like race besides the fact their kid, their friends may be a different complexion than them. And you've never talked to your children about um, racism. So they meet this other friend who has no issue with racism and just tells them all their racist ideas and your child is absorbed in this. And right. they, your child has no, no support, no, um, no scaffolding from you from beforehand where you have told them that this is wrong. So this is the first time they're hearing it and this is cool kid is telling them about it. So this must be the way, you know? And well, also, it, it just happens about- in a lot. And that's like, well, that's just one way it can get to your child without you even realizing that it's happening because they're talking about it. Also, what about just the people you have over for dinner and the that people that you associate with? If you're not really tight with a diverse group of people, which, you know, they're picking up on those they're picking up on those signals right or even if you are um but you're not you're not embracing a life of diversity yeah but let's say you let's say you are embracing a life of diversity but you're also not talking about social justice they may not understand that this is something i need to stand up for right like this is an issue or it's my issue it's everybody's issue too um, work on right exactly. but um, that makes sense but I guess I think okay. about the people who they wouldn't consider themselves racist but their life doesn't reflect any type of diversity they don't actively have black friends the, the, the last study that showed that like infants uh, white infants show a preference to to whites whereas because there's less exposure and mm. black and Hispanic children, they don't have that preference because we are more integrated into mainstream society than I would say a white person is integrated into society. So they don't show that preference. So you see, you begin to internalize as a child that because my parents don't have any black friends or we don't go to black stores or we don't watch shows in which other my in which black and brown people are the main characters that white is the best way to be or this is the only way to be or it's the ideal and even you as a parent you might not think you're you're not racist but your child begins to center whiteness and thinks that it is the ideal without any provocation on the parent's part and i think that happens more than anything else especially I mean, that in liberal the, communities right and but that happens even with the black communities because i feel like that's i there was a time when my i felt my daughter started to feel that and feel not very good mm-hmm. about her complexion not because um anyone said anything to her but just because of those subtle things within our society yes you know sure um, jojo siwa or whatever you know like they love this straight hair this yellow hair or whatever <laughs> He loves her Jojo Siwa. 
And I but, guess you know, I, it would even go back before there was a proliferation of media. I think media sometimes is, is a scapegoat, but bef- even when there was not a proliferation of media, it's just those people in which your, your close allies. And I guess to cite another study, and I, I wish I could tell you who did it, is that Black people have, the average Black person has at least one non-Black friend, or at least a white <laughs> friend. But the majority of white people, you can't say the same, that they have at least one Black friend. Mm. Well, I think also that, you know, that concept, you know, I'm, I'm reading White Fragility, too. And for the longest time, I'm like, well, this isn't really for me. I don't, you know, I don't need to read this book. But when I started reading the summary and the reading guide, I was like, oh, this is actually so comforting to me because I've tried to get deeper with many of my white neighbors and friends and talk about things like this that are bothering me. And I, it's like, I don't get like a stone wall, but it's like almost like, oh, and you know, Bobby's running down the street. I got to run. You know, it's just like, I cannot connect. Like there is a very polite facade that's always there and it um it drives me crazy because I'm like I want to connect I want to connect I want to you know um have a deep and meaningful relationship and then I can't and then so this book was so powerful for me or is powerful for me because I'm like oh okay that is part of the culture to not go there and that is part of the culture that is um proliferating these um these kind of idea, I mean, these, these notions of racism that are harming us so much. And so when there are people like me who are coming up and kind of like, "Eh, let's, you know, let's kind of make this uncomfortable. It's like, okay, you know, let's, let's not go there. Um, And so I'm always like, gosh, what's the deal? Why don't, you know, what's wrong with me? And it's like, oh, it's not necessarily me. It's just, you know, my cultural, (laughs) yeah. But that's okay. You know, you still show up as you and then you find the people that appreciate you. And that's right. great. And it, it grows from there. But, um, but I want to say that it's so important to have these other people who are saying, hey, I appreciate you. Because yeah. it does give you that encouragement to keep going to um, do things like this more and more. I, I like what you're doing. And I hope that more people embrace the idea of having these conversations because they're definitely needed across the right. board. And it's and needed. Definitely... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm like in the conversations needed. It's not just about buying diverse books with your, for your children. Right. Um, no. It's about actually having these conversations with your children. Cause that's also been proven just buying the books and reading the, and reading books to them is not enough. It's not sufficient. Like, it's not sufficient. You actually have to have, the conversation but um it looks like we have to end our conversation because my children are no longer waiting for me they are coming for me (laughs) awesome well thank you guys oh thank you thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for talking with us and maybe we can have some mommy wears my shoe beta conversations we can spur these um Spread the idea across, spread this across the uh, the U.S. where people will take this idea and 
and form informal gatherings on their front lawn because it's like it's open it's out there you don't feel confined you don't feel trapped and and maybe it will help to free people's thoughts on the idea of racism in this country absolutely absolutely and we, maybe we can just demystify how to do it just walk through it step by step so people are like oh okay i can read a book to children you know like <laughs> and then we can have this great conversation afterwards so definitely yeah awesome well have a great day guys thank you, you as well thank you so much Vita. Bye. Okay, bye the podcast is over but that does not mean that the conversation has to end connect with brianne and i on instagram at mommy where is my shoe or you may email us at podcast at mommy where is my shoe.com we also have a website, so check it out, www.mommywhereismyshoe.com. Before you go, do us a favor. If you like Mommy Where Is My Shoe, the podcast, please rate us in your app. And if you don't like it, email us at podcast at mommywhereismyshoe.com and tell us why. Either way, thank you for the feedback. Goodbye.